0: or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. On today's episode, I navigate presence. Why is it so difficult to be in the present moment? Let's explore it together. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. I'm going to begin by reading something I wrote on Instagram. I'm in constant awe of the relationship between presence and sensation. To get really present means to get really sensational. Dissociation is the helpful response of removing us or disconnecting us from our experience. Sometimes the disconnect is mental and we can't remember what happened. Other times it's physical. We're there, but we feel nothing. Either way, it's a gift. It's some divine order that spares us the painful details of a situation that we just cannot handle in that moment. Even the good moments. Presence is the opposite. My body is here. My mind is here. And the two are intimately connected. The infinite mind is humbled by this strange, holy matrimony between finite body and limitless self. I was having juice with a new friend, Sophie Strand, and she said to me that illness has stitched her to reality. Such a delicious phrase. I lived with chronic illness throughout my childhood and into my 20s. Illness makes us so sensational that we cannot help to be present. The nausea, the breathtaking asthma, painful acne cysts, the migraines, the inflammation, they all stitched me into this physical world. Perhaps illness is just a being that forces us to feel. As I listened to her, I felt my body become so stitched to that moment that I could feel the palm of my hand taking in every nuance and texture of the wooden table it was resting on. It was erotic, decadent, and so sensationally drenched in shapes, and temperatures, and textures, and smells, and colors, each sensation like a key to my subconscious body, each sensation a doorway to a somatic memory not fully experienced or even identified. This is the power of presence with something as seemingly mundane as my palm stroking the grain of a wooden table. It's no wonder our egos burden us with complaints fears of the future, horrors from the past, task, tasks of today, politics, gossip, you name it. It's not because we're self-defeating or negative, it's because we're inching toward the amount of presence that we can handle and everything else is a dissociative life raft that provides momentary relief when we're exhausted from swimming in the richness of presence. Let's just feel that for a moment together. This is something I've experienced for a while and didn't quite have the words for. Presence is highly sensational. It's why we talk a lot. Because you know how someone will say, um, this person's afraid of intimacy, so they talk and talk and talk. Well, what, what does that mean to be afraid of intimacy? Being afraid of intimacy means I have a low capacity to feel the sensations that come up in response to my relationship with you, in response to my connection with you. So if I have to talk or make space between us or create situations where I'm not fully present with you, It's because it saves me from those high sensations. This is the same thing as negativity. Like I I had written about gossip, complaining, being uh, afflicted and conflicted with the past or the future anxieties or, or pains. These are all ways that the mind just titrates in something that constricts us from, removes us from the present experience. We don't have. Um, I'll speak for myself. I didn't have an upbringing of being in sensation. I had a little bit of it. My mother was very um, radical in ways unbeknownst to her. When I was diagnosed with uh, Tourette syndrome, and I would make these faces all the time, this humming sound, I would go ah, ah, like all these strange noises would come out of my my mouth, and I'd be scrunching up my face and. I'd opening up my jaw, making my eyes really big. Constantly, it was just this compulsive behavior that I didn't have any control over. Instead of giving me medicine that would have numbed me, she said, we're just going to create awareness. You know, notice, we're going to notice when you're doing this. And I'd be watching TV and she'd go, Louie, you're making your faces again. And she would say so sweetly that it was hard to be angry about it. There were times I got angry because I didn't want to be made aware but I remember just uh, when I think back to that, it was these years of just becoming aware of what was unconscious. My Tourette syndrome and those expressions, they were unconscious to me. And my mother helped me make them conscious. So with that particular experience, I was given great practice uh, developmentally of feeling an expression, you know, as it's coming out unconsciously, which is probably why I do the work that I do now. But largely, my childhood, my society, my culture, my relationships, they weren't places where we learned how to be present. There were places where we learned how to be disconnected. Again, because presence is actually quite rich. And I think of this often with people who are really obsessed with social media, or um, the news, or... Um, any, any information that takes them from their present space, even listening to podcasts a lot, which I I've experienced in myself, the body is there. Let's say the body is in the forest, but I'm not feeling how my body's feeling the forest because so much of me is oriented toward what I'm hearing coming from a speaker or seeing on a screen. And it's really the greatest collective hypnosis of media. That's what's so interesting about it is collectively you can have millions of people watching one story about one murder in one town hours from where you live and everyone's feeling it as if they're experiencing it then. So their bodies are attuning and matching something from someone else's experience which disconnects them from their own. Gossip is the same thing. I can talk about what someone else is doing, what someone else should or shouldn't be doing, even what I think about someone else, and that serves to keep me from actually feeling where I am right now, feeling how I feel right now, feeling what in my life is out of balance instead of talking about what's out of balance in their life. Presence is rich in sensation. And when you have the experience of not uh, being with the sensation of your body or presence, and then suddenly you kind of take a a little step, you dip your toe into the lake of sensational somatic presence, it's quite overwhelming because these sensations you spent a lifetime With addictions, behaviors, coping mechanisms, relationships, um, styles of managing and distracting, we spend a lifetime not feeling what our body feels like right now. So when we suddenly do, it can be beyond our capacity because we just haven't practiced it. So I loved the the example I gave in my writing about the table, because I'll often find this, this is especially true in cathartic circles, where um, people get together and do really big, huge, sensational, emotional purging work we put a lot of focus on feeling and being present for these really big things. It might be an ayahuasca ceremony, it might be holotropic breathwork, it might be um, primitive punching of a a pillow, might be kickboxing, might be hot yoga, there's uh, going for a hike. These are these big experiences that are gorgeous and sensational and, and cathartic. And what about right now? I literally mean right now, as you're listening to my voice come out of a speaker or into your ears and earbud, right now, I want you to try something. When I say, when I say go, I want you to pause this podcast and just take a minute, set an alarm for a minute and just see what happens with my body in this minute. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, pause. And now that you're back, what did you find? What was happening in your body in that one minute that you weren't able to feel or be with because you were listening to me, you were attuning to me, you were multitasking. This is not a plea to stop listening to me (laughs) or any other podcast or to not multitask. This um, This is an experiment. Uh, exploration in how sensational it is to be present and when we say oh just be in the now it's not that easy it has to be a practice because it has to be a somatic experience my mind is infinite it's not bound to the reality of my finger hitting this wall my mind can imagine my hand going through the wall the reality is that doesn't work in the physical realm there's physical boundaries to things, right? It's how do I bring the mind to the body instead of the mind taking me away from my body? That's what's really cool about the mind. It can serve to disconnect and it can serve to connect. And it just takes practice. And I'm going to practice with you in a moment. I'm going to lead a practice. Let's just kind of notice what it is I'm bringing here. Presence is highly sensational. And sometimes these sensations can be really good, like my hand on the wood. Oh, that's what I was saying before. I got I got lost in the excitement of the practice. So we see these really big cathartic experiences. And that's why I asked you to pause and see right now what you're feeling. The mundane, the seemingly mundane is rich with information. The wind blowing on my skin, it is a rich, rich erotic sensational experience when I'm fully somatically present not mentally aware that's great to oh there's wind but to feel the wind without a story to feel the wind without an identity just to feel how it caresses and holds and wraps around parts of my body that's powerful even 30 seconds of that could be life-changing having my hand on a table and just slowly, and you can try this with me right now, just putting your hand on whatever surface you're at and just slowly sliding it back and forth. What well, parts of the body like that. What happens inside of me? What happens under my, in the skin of my hand? Texture. There's so much information in the present. The present is rich with information, aka sensations. And sensations are this, the expressions of the subconscious. When you feel something happening in your body, that's a subconscious experience unfurling itself like smoke through you know streams of light that come in a window. Like, oh, I couldn't see it. it was like dust, right? I couldn't see it, but with the light coming and I see this, this strobe of particles dancing, I didn't know they were there before. That's what signal is for the body. It's how we dust for the fingerprints of the subconscious. It's a brilliant way to get in touch with things we don't even know are there. And we can do that without story when we practice somatics. But first, let's practice building some capacity for presence. Now, my favorite way to do this is to presence joy, presence pleasure, presence something delightful. So all you have to do to begin this is look around the space you're in right now and find one thing that you like. One thing that's visually or sensationally pleasant. It could be the temperature. It could be what you're sitting on. It could be a smell in the air. It could be a photo. It could be a person, a plant, anything in your space. Not in your mind, but in your space. And notice when you connect to this one thing, what part of your body feels that what part of your body responds with a sensation that matches that delight the mind might say i love that picture where does my body feel the statement i love that picture what sensation in your body tells you i love that picture take a moment with that just to really notice This place inside of you right now that you're able to feel this thing that's delightful in your present, that's a place that has capacity for presence. Most of you are going to notice as you do this, not every inch of your body is feeling this thing that's delightful. It's not. You notice your belly gets soft, but your arms aren't really here. For me, the practice and the experiment is how much of my body can merge with presence it can be quite difficult to be head-to-toe somatically merged, even if I'm very, again, mentally aware. However, it's very practical to let our bodies show us what places inside of us have capacity right now for presence. So these places or place in you right now that you feel that are delightful, pleasurable, maybe they're softening as you look and relate to this thing that's, that's lovely in your space, that's a place that has capacity for being here. If you just nurture that place, you can do it with your hand, a little self touch, you can do it with breath. You'll notice from that place how does my body move? What emotions come up? What kind of physical movement arises? What sounds come up? What stories come up? When we find, when we can anchor into a place inside of us that has capacity, that capacity creates the condition for things we don't even know existing inside of us to be resolved. And resolved doesn't mean they go away. Resolved and healed and completed, all these terms, it means they merge. They don't go away, they merge. So if I have a constriction in my neck, I don't have to know why. But I notice, oh, my belly loves being here. If I sit with that and I notice the relationship between belly feeling really good, constriction and neck, I might notice that constriction eventually unfurls, it opens and that charge expands. It's like taffy that gets pulled and it gets thinner and less potent. And in its less potency, my body can use and absorb and and function from it. These trauma states, these anxieties, these panic attacks, the stress we have inside of us, fear, Grief, all these physical states that tend to um, correlate or cause illness, these are just states of too much life force being stuck somewhere. These are not bad parts of us. They're just waiting for their chance to merge with us. So, releasing trauma and stress, a phrase I use a lot, does not mean I'm releasing it into the world. It means it releases from a place inside of me so it can be with all of me. It swirls through my being. It's, it's, it's the wisdom we gain from compost heaps. I throw my food into um, a hill of leaves outside of the cottage here. And I watch that break down. I watch animals eat it. I see their shit from it. I see the, the mold growing from some of the, the foods depending on what they are, especially the starchy things like squash and such. I see this decay and rebirth happening where these aren't being released. The carrot doesn't release itself to the sky. It breaks down its shape, its potency, liquefies and transforms into a different form that can then be used by the ground, right? that can then evaporate into a cloud or into a tree that can then, from the wind, be taken to another being's breath. As form changes, as form shifts, as shapes shift and change, they're able to be used differently. So a hardened, boulder-like expression in my shoulder, as that transforms and those tissues loosen, that charge that was held in there stretches, gets less potent, and emerges with me. And guess what the best resourcing is for that natural release to occur? It's presence. Because when you're present, you know what your body's holding sensationally. And when you're present to the absence of threat, so when when I'm able to physically experience the right now, there's no threat in this moment, parts of me open up and we get what's called a somatic uncoupling. Where the idea, which is what a traumatized body holds, this idea of threat is always around me, that's when we're traumatized, what our bodies are essentially living with. When we can attune to this moment right now, there's no threat. Even if it's for a minute, you will notice a shape-shifting happening inside of you. You will notice a change to your breathing. Your vision will change. Your muscles and tissues and fascia will release and loosen. And that charge that you were living with will stretch, it will become less potent, and it will be something that merges with other parts of your body. So when people say, I feel more whole, all they're really saying is more of my body is here right now. It always was, by the way. It's just we have this inherent mechanism of dissociation that disconnects us when we get too overwhelmed or it's too much to handle. And primitively speaking, and and, I guess uh, speaking uh, in modern terms, what a benevolent gift that the body has given us, where it will make certain endorphins, certain hormones, certain catalysts will occur inside of us, so we can feel a possible experience we couldn't handle. This is helpful when you're dying. This is helpful during shock. This is helpful during fear and overwhelm the body disconnects us from the experience we're in because we can't handle it. And when we're traumatized, we're living in that chronic disconnect of all states because every experience on this planet is sensational. Whether it's, again, a pleasant one or an unpleasant one, there's a sensation attached to it. So if I lack capacity for negative sensation, I usually will also lack capacity for pleasant sensation because sensation is what I lack capacity from for in general. This practice, as simple as it seems, just even doing it once a day, you'll start noticing that shape-shifting happening. So try it out, see how it feels, leave a review on whatever platform you listen to me on so other people can find it and try it. And just let us know how this affected you and where it took you in your your body. (laughs) So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it. Be with it. And let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But, when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on Events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.